Welcome to Follow the Leader. We are here, and we are here to talk more about Villanova and Villanova Radio. Now, also, I'm opening it up a little bit more about the six part today. Villanova and sixes is the subject today. Now, the big thing I want to talk about is uh, Villanova against Marquette. Big game, get down, big East battle, a good game. This is what you call real basketball, okay? Marcus Howe versus Phil Booth. I mean, couldn't get no better than that. Marcus Howe was unbelievable. He is, he he got me down. He's the best player in in the Big East, and then Phil Booth is second. Marcus Howe was something else, man. And he he's the type of guy that's going to get drafted big in the, in the NBA draft because of his shot. He he's built for this type of era. He's built. He's like the Steph Curry of college basketball for real. We're talking about how Trey Young used to shoot. He's not Marcus Howard. That guy's not Marcus Howard as far as the score. So I like Marcus Howard to be a, a first-round draft pick. Could be a lottery pick. He, when you can shoot that good and in that type of in that type of effort and in that type of bunches, that's big. Now, Villanova really showed a lot with their defense. They just got a couple things to work on. Who's going to take the shot? I think that was the big thing, the shot makers. Samuels came on late. You know, Wright was like, listen, I need you to score. And then Samuels started to pick it up. He started to shoot. Like I've told y'all so many times, a lot of those guys don't know if they have the green light to shoot. So Jermaine Samuels, you know, he, he's in there playing everything else except to be a scorer. So now it's going to be interesting to see as we go forward, is Villanova going to be that type of team? Is Samuel's going to step up? Bay, Bay sees it. In this game, I think both of them should have saw like they need us. Pascal and Booth really need us. And more ways than one, because you saw other guys score on Marquette, you know, it wasn't in bunches, but they picked up when they needed to pick up. It was somebody else from the team that picked up. So Bay and Samuels have to learn. And, and they're more talented than Marquette. You look at Villanova from top to on paper, they are talented than Marquette. You got guys, you got two wings like Bay and Samuels on the floor who can do special things, but haven't the confidence hasn't been given to them to do it, or they don't know where to set their set their standard at as being scores because of how the flow of the offense goes. You know, they might be thinking they're taking too many shots. They're not supposed to take that shot. They're supposed to move the ball. So now Samuels and Bay, you put those two guys out there. I think that's what Wright is doing by putting them out there, making them learn fast, making them learn quick. Um, it's just time for them to be those type of players because when Pascal and Booth leave, I think Samuels and Bay and, and, and Gillespie, those three are going to be looked at real big to be the scorers on that team. They can shoot from the outside. Samuels has improved his outside shooting and, and, and Bay has also. So now you got these two guys that are looked at next year to look to be real big contributors. I'm telling you, next year could be Gillespie, Quinterly, Bay, Samuels, and whoever and Dada, Dada, right? That's my starting five next year. I mean, the more I look at this team and how they are assembled, and not saying Antoine and Robinson Earl can't break through because Robinson Earl could also. Why? Why stop their center? Because Robinson Earl, you got Eric Dixon and Robinson Earl. Robinson Earl is six nine two thirty five. Eric Dixon is six seven six eight two fifty five, and both of them can play the five. The, uh, Eric Dixon's a Hulk. He's brute strength. And Jeremiah Robinson Earl is an all-around guy. I think he can play three positions on the front court. So that's going to be something to see how that goes. If anything, that I start, 
And then you're looking at Robinson Earl and Dixon coming off the bench and getting minutes. Their practices, this their practice when they start practicing is gonna be big. It's gonna be super big. Um It was big to see how Philadelphia's uh the Philadelphia 76ers had a big game. All right, and we'll get to that. But in Nova, Villanova had to learn perimeter defense on those guys. I mean, they it was a couple of times they left Howard open in space. There's a couple of things they just had to learn. I think next Marquette game, it'll be a little different, way different. I think Nova will take it because Nova was so close this game. Two bad calls. Uh, one on Samuels who didn't foul. That was just so, so bad. And then, you know, Sadiq Bay had a steal. How come when he fell and a guy fell on top of him, that's not a foul? When Sadiq Bay got the steal, the guy went after him and he fell. He, he fell on top of him. So when it, two bad calls happen in this game. Those are so crucial, man. That's crucial. I mean, hey, they were at Marquette. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. It was bad. Uh, we still, uh, Phil Booth should have took that shot, man. When he drove it in, there's no way he shouldn't have took that shot. Which I tell you leads to the other curse. Villanova gets to... um. Villanova gets to passing, passive. Everybody, you know, and, and Booth was looking for something else. And 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 to to the the analysts, same thing. They they was like, you know, Phil Booth drives in, and Phil Booth, Phil Booth gets to. Uh, he got indecisive. I guess he didn't expect that guy to be gone. The guy moved out the way. Phil Booth could have took that in and scored. That would have been a game. I, I no doubt in my mind Villanova would have won that game. It's a good knockdown. It was a great Big East battle, Phil Booth versus Marcus Howard. But I think next seat, the next game, Villanova's looking at chops for Marquette. They are looking their chops. They've lost so many close games. Hasn't been no blowouts. It's been knockdown dragouts. You know, like they say since Kansas. Um, just like with Colin Gillespie, underclassmen had to step up. Colin Gillespie, Bay, and, and Samuels. When Pascal and, and Booth cannot get off, they have to operate. There's no doubt about it. Gillespie took some shots he shouldn't have took. You know, um, I think Gillespie should drive in more and then look for guys like Samuels and Bay. They have to. I think the underclassmen have to get a chemistry. When Gillespie's driving to the hole, guys, they have to get in the chemistry with Gillespie. Gillespie has to know where they're at. They have to know where Gillespie at so they can get the pass because Gillespie can draw people to him. So these guys, Gillespie, Bay, and Samuels have to step up. And Cremo, I saw it. Okay, saw it again. Cremo has to know when to shoot and how to shoot in this offense. This was obviously, I mean, he still has time to, to break out. I think he has a time to show to how good of a scorer he is. But he needs to do it. And so those are the four guys I feel like should um definitely – Definitely be a part of uh going forward. Now, I want to put this on the whole thing. Slater is a dog on defense. There's no way that I think anyway that they shouldn't have put Slater on somebody. And it was Howard. Howard is the one put the dog. I don't think Wright knows yet the type of dogs he has. Slater should have been strictly a defensive dude. We talk about offense. Put him on Howard. Do not leave Marcus Howard. 
he would have shut him down. He would have had Marcus Howard scoring 23. How about that? He would have been very uncomfortable around Marcus, uh, Brandon Slater. I just feel like Villanova has a lot of good weapons. It's the first time where Wright is like, dang, I'm deep. I got these guys. I don't know where to put them. How do I figure this guy out? Wright plays chess. He doesn't play checkers. He'll figure it out. But he's doing everything as they go. So Wright learned a lot about his team and what he needs to improve and what needs to happen. He talked to Samuels like, Samuels, we need you to be a, a scorer, man. We need you to be like that. Babe, be more aggressive. Go into the hole. Okay, these guys can drive to the hole. These guys are the type of players that can really be. It's time for them to be explosive now. It's not no waiting period. It's time now. And Kyle Gillespie, it shouldn't be all on him with the third guy because he's small. When you got two wings out there who are six, 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 eight, long. Soon as a right call for Samuels, you see the, the impact that he had on the game. He's just a real good player. He had nine points. He's a real good player. Bay had 10. This is the, 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 the difference between Bay and Samuels is not far at all. I mean, the difference between them is it. Bay is a better defensive player. He's more physical. But Samuels can still play defense, as you can see. He played great defense. Block shots. I mean, this guy comes out of nowhere. Jumps out the sky. These two, he's more athletic than Bay, too. So, you got two guys that can really play basketball. Once they figure it out, man, it's going to be hard to mess with these two. Once they both figure it out, they can be a dynamic duo. I mean, I see it. I can see them starting next year. I really can see them starting next year. And you can also see Gillespie, Antoine, Samuels, Bay, and Dada. And it's possible it still could be Jeremiah Robson Earl. I mean, this is going to be a very good deep team. Because if, if anything, you're going to have some experience on the bench. I'm looking for a lot of good play. Out of Villanova down the stretch still. They look like a great A team, not a Final Four team now. Since they lost to Marquette, they still look like a great A team, a team you do not want to play. They are hungry. That and, and defense, as I've always said, is big for them. They play good. When they play that defense on you, when they figure out how to play you on defense, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Um, Pascal still having a, a pro season. Is he is he a first round draft pick? I feel like he is, man. With his with his moves, with, I think if he just would have stayed consistent through the, from the first game on, you know, and, and then get into that slump, he wouldn't have broke out the first. But I don't see no too many guys that are rated above him in like the between the twenty three to twenty the, the thirty of big board market NBA mock drafts that that are better than him. And then you look the same thing with Phil Booth. I mean, these are smart NBA players that know how to play basketball. And Phil Booth is built for this game right now. He's a shooter. You know, he can shoot himself out and shoot himself in. He's built for this type of game. And Pascal is because he's 6'8". She's a stretch forward. You know, he can shoot that three real good. So, just look out for Villanova, man. Look out for Villanova. They're still big, still pumped. The big, the good thing is that people don't look at it is that the young players are learning. They're learning. They're seriously learning. Learning real good. Now, the big five, baby. Yeah. Um. Tobias Harris looks good. 14 points, 8 rebounds, 3 assists. 
You know, you look at uh, Jimmy Butler with 22 points, five rebounds, seven assists. I mean, seven rebounds, five assists, excuse me. You look at uh, Joel Embiid, 15, 12, four blocks. 12 points, four rebounds, six assists for Ben. 34 points for J.J. Reddick. That is the big five. And that's not even in their best defensive mode. See, I think the biggest thing, the one thing they can do is score off nothing. It's like playing in the playground. I pick him, I pick him, I pick him. You pick them, them guys, five guys pick each other, they just play basketball. But once they get to collectively, defense collectively becomes a strength of theirs and they get it down, the chemistry is actually down. I mean, let me tell you something. There's no team in the East that can beat them. I know Toronto got Marcus All. Man, Joel Embiid put it on Marcus All anytime he had a chance. So I know he's a guy that can match up, but he's not going to mess with Joel Embiid. The only thing I saw in Toronto was deeper. They were a deeper team, and recently they just traded some depth. Guys like C.J. Miles and DeLone Wright at point guard, and, you know, they traded these guys. So that's, that's depth that's away from their team. And you bring in Marcus Gasol, and I think that takes a lot from their team. And, and Philly wasn't that, listen, even though they got beaten double digits, Philly's not that hard. You look at the doubles games, man. Philly just, chemistry is the only thing stopping Philly from beating Toronto's to collectively better at defense. And the big thing is Kawhi Leonard. Everybody says this and that, Pascal. No, Kawhi Leonard makes a difference on their whole team, defensively and offensively. You see them games, you watch them games. Once Kawhi Leonard is out, they're a different team. You know what I mean? They're they're a whole different team. And then you got, you know, as a the other parts of the unit have been together long enough and, and through playoffs to play together. Philly hasn't gotten there yet. Toronto's better as chemistry. We don't give enough credit to Toronto's chemistry. And once Toronto's chemistry comes back, it's a whole nother deal. All right? And, and that's what happened. So now Philly, when their chemistry kicks in, and then what's good with them is that they added pieces that can play. James Ennis showed you what he's about. Boban showed you immediate immediate impact. Mike Scott scored. Jonathan Simmons hasn't came yet. Immediate impact. Immediate impact. I feel like the Toronto Raptors. Are a good team. They know how to play. No doubt in my mind. But Philly is going to be too good. I mean, the, the guys that are going to play with Philly now weren't there before. Boban, Ennis, Simmons. They weren't there before. Mike Scott. They weren't there before. Tobias Harris. They weren't there before. Before you were going against guys like Wilson Chandler, who came, he's a good player, came in, but he wasn't nowhere near, not even close to the impact that Tobias would bring. They lost Landry Shaman, but what did they add? They added James Ennis. They lost Landry Shaman. They lost Markel Fultz. And they lost Mike Muscala. You get James Ennis, Jonathan Simmons. Boban and Mike Scott. I mean, that's just totally good. Especially for what they got in this for. I mean, goodness, that was just a great get. And you got Jonathan Simmons. 
he's ready right now. What, what makes him uh, a better fit than Fultz is he's ready right now. He's he's coming off the bench. He's six six. He's a he's a he's a slashing shooting guard that can score. You talking about his three point percentage? He can hit three pointers. And this system, he's going to be able to do that. He's a scorer. He's hit 33% before and 38. That's all we need off the bench because what he's going to do is drive to the hold on you. He's going to hit that mid-range jump on you. And then all of a sudden, he'll be out there and he'll be created to hit a three-point shot. He can do those. He's done it before. Once he's in a good system, stuff is good. When he's with San Antonio, his first year, you're 38% from the three-point line. Now you're with Brett Brown. I'm just saying. The coach of being with Orlando, you have to fight for your life. You don't know what system you're in. That's what's going to be good for folks because it's not going to be a system. He's going to create his own system. He will be the player on their team. He'll be the best player on their team. There's no doubt about it. Aaron Gordon, none of them are going to be better than Fultz is for that team. So that franchise got helped by getting a guy that you put the ball in his hands that's let him play. So, Boston? No, Boston don't impress me. They're too off mentally. You know, Brad Smith doing a good coaching job, but now – they're going to have a lot more problems to deal with, like with Bobine. They're going to have a lot of problems to deal with in Philly. And then sitting back in the trenches, you talk about maybe injuries. Justin Patton is looking good. He just stretched five. Isaiah Smith is going to be back. He gives them an athletic guy in case somebody gets hurt. But we also forget about Furkan Korkmaz. Does anybody forget about Furkan? We still got Amir Johnson on the bench. We have a 12-deep team. It's, it's nothing. Teams are going to be in trouble. Um, They look real. They play the Lakers today at 2.30. Um, when you look at how good the Sixers are and what type of team they are and what they can do as a team, I just have to say this. The Sixers have everything in the bag. And, and right now, LeBron, LeBron, if you want to talk about the Lakers, I can. The Lakers ain't that bad looking right now, man. I know they're looking for the big ticket. I think that's why I think L.A. is the worst big city to, to play, to try to play for, because their expectations are a little bit too. I think LeBron, I think Magic is doing too much. I know you want a big time player, but wait for the free agency, man. Bring people to you. You're trying to trade all your young talent. These guys are good. You let Julius Randle go. You let D'Angelo Russell gone. I mean, because you felt like he just wasn't good enough. He wasn't a friend. I, I remember what man, everybody, anybody remember what Magic Johnson said about this man? He totally insulted this man. <laughs> he insulted this man. It's crazy how he insulted him. He insulted this man. Like he was like he's not the uh what do you say, not a franchise player. Anybody remember that interview when he was talking about D'Angelo Russell and, and Ball? I mean That was just crazy. That was just ignorant and crazy. I don't even get that. Now look at him. He's an all-star. I mean, look at Julius Randle. I mean, they're actually looking at some bad moves by the Lakers. And now you're talking about moving Kuzma, Ingram, who's number two pick. Kuzma, and Ingram's been playing good. There's nothing that says that Ingram doesn't look good. You have to put the confidence in him and let him play. 
if you trade all these guys to the Pelicans, you're going to have a, a problem of a team to go against because they have Okafor over there. They have Drew Holiday. They have uh, Julius Randle. Check Diallo. These are all guys that have been playing good. They come in there and they play good. Then you add Kuzma with, with Josh Hart. I'm, I've been hearing Kyle Pope. You give them all these guys. Um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, Zubak, Ingram, Codwell Pope, Lonzo Ball, Kuzma. I mean, why? Did, what, what, this is unbelievable. Then you're giving them your future. All for Anthony Davis. All for Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis will eventually be in L.A. sometime. I think Magic should just shut down and just wait for him to become a free agent. He should just wait for him to become a free agent. The Lakers really want Anthony Davis, and they're trying to mortgage everything for him. And then after that, they'll go into the free agency. I mean, I understand they want to go into the free agency and go ahead and gobble up. But you got players. You got LeBron James. There's nowhere in the world that you shouldn't be able to wait for guys like Draymond Green or or Clay Thompson. I mean, this is just ridiculous right now. This just doesn't even make any sense. But anyway, this game, you'll see a lot of Rondo. You'll see LeBron. You'll see Rondo. You'll see those two guys play and be, you'll see Ingram. You'll see a lot. But what you're going to see about Philly is that Philly has it all in every aspect of the game. Power forward, small forward. LeBron, you should have came to Philly, bro. If we would have had LeBron, just think if we would have had LeBron and Tobias Harris. We got LeBron already. Just think if we got LeBron and Tobias Harris and we add some shooters. I mean, just think how good Philly would be. Philly would dominate and they would go to the finals and win. You can say what you want about Ben Simmons, but ain't too many defensive stoppers. Like, I don't see one point guard who's a better defensive player than Ben Simmons. Not one. Not one. All right? And then he can do so much with the ball to him and Simmons. Simmons and James have all this, but it's it's just crazy. It's crazy to think that that team wouldn't beat the Warriors with LeBron James, Joel. The way, the way LeBron has carried, carried L.A. before he got hurt. And then looking at what Philly and Elton Brand are doing. He would put all the pieces around LeBron necessary. LeBron, Tobias Harris, um, J.J. Reddick. That is a championship team. There's no doubt in my mind they would have went right after Tobias. Had a fab five with LeBron James. That is unbelievable. Warriors are done. Done. They're done. They are done. LeBron James and Joel Embiid on the same team with Ben Simmons at your point guard is a done team. They're messing with the Sixers. And now you're looking at the Sixers team is better than LeBron's team. And now you're looking at this chaos inside the locker room. I mean, if I was them young kids, I mean, LeBron, Lonzo Ball, you said he would be the face of the franchise. That's what Magic said about Lonzo Ball. So, you know, you got LeBron James as, as a player, you know, you still treat Lonzo like the future. I just think Magic is totally wrong, totally messed up for that. 
You trade Rondo before you trade Lonzo. Why would you trade Lonzo before you trade Rondo? I don't get that. The man just had a triple-double with LeBron. He's a young buck. Magic don't know what the hell he doing. I, I, Laker fans, you're in trouble. You're not. I, I'm, I don't think they're going to win championship. I just don't think it's going to happen. We'll see what happens. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, for for Magic to look vulnerable like that as a general manager, to first you do one offer, then you do another offer, put more a player, then you do another offer, put more picks. I mean, you just look like a little punk. He just punking you, and now they're like, ah, well, no, we're not gonna do it. We're just not gonna, you know, we're not gonna respond. I mean, made Magic give up. I mean, he was the hottest mind in sports for a minute. Now he looks like the dullest mind in sports. Like all he does is sit there and it's like, I'll give you anything, man. I, I, I'll give you anything, man. I'll suck your. Yeah, you know what I mean. That was bad. All right. So I just think that's crazy and, 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 and nuts. All right. So I came to just talk a little bit about a little quick talk before the game. Do I think the Sixers win? I think they do. I think it's going to be a tough one because they do play tough. I got to give Luke Walton that credit. He is a good coach, but Luke Walton's in over his head. It's too much right now. He had a chance to develop some young guys. Now he got to deal with the power minds of Magic and LeBron. Like, he's out of here. He's not going to be that guy. They need a guy. They need another coach. Probably Thibodeau. I don't know. We'll see where, where that goes. But um, out of here, man. Follow leader, and I'll catch y'all after the game, man. Out of here.